0: that's this beautiful thing about life is that we get to grow and change and evolve. And if you really think about it like that, it makes this permission to change and to be like, oh, wow, I'm not who I was. I'm a better version of myself. That's that's a pretty powerful thing to think about is like, I'm ready for something new. I've earned this. And You know, I think a lot of times it goes back to that whole, you know, with this whole burnout conversation of like, a lot of times when we start to feel burned out or uncomfortable, it's just because we're ready for a up level.
1: Welcome to the Emotional Intelligence Podcast, a podcast where we explore the intersection of emotional intelligence and leadership. And whether you're a seasoned executive or just starting out in your leadership journey, we're going to share practical tips, inspiring stories, and expert insights to help you develop your emotional intelligence and achieve your goals. So sit back, relax, and get ready to take your leadership skills to the next level. I'm a smile
2: and I'm Samir. Welcome, everyone. Uh, Today we have a very special guest on the podcast, Tara Renzi. She is an author, emotional intelligence practitioner, entrepreneur, speaker, blogger, thought leader. She's also a wife and a mother, and and she's redefining how we unleash purpose and level up our success. So after two decades of success in corporate leadership and social selling, she started training, speaking, and coaching to share her passions and help people live the life they desire, envision, and deserve. Tara is the author of the book, Be Who You Came to Be. Tara holds a certification in emotional intelligence and has been recognized as an inspirational leader and top achiever. So we just knew that she would be a perfect fit uh, to be a guest today on the Emotional Intelligence Podcast. Tara Renzi, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome.
0: Well, I am honored to be on yeah. the Intelligence Podcast. Thanks for absolutely, having me. Absolutely,
2: absolutely.
1: We're yeah. going to have a, a great time today, I'm sure. Um, you know, in terms of what we wanted to cover today is uh, around emotional intelligence, of course, but specifically how it relates to alleviating stress and, and pr- in particular, burnout. And I know you've talked about burnout uh, in some of your articles. Uh, however. There's a specific topic that we wanted to touch on to start us off, and that was burnout being a roadblock to authenticity. Can you dig into that a little bit and tell us what you mean by that and how that really might impact some of the listeners out
2: there?
0: Yeah, so my whole message if you follow me, if you read my book, if you, you know, tap into my website, it's all around this notion of being who we came to be. This mm-hmm. sentence was inspired by a letter that my 87-year-old grandmother wrote to my infant son. And the last mm-hmm. two sentences that she wrote, it was her life's advice for this brand new baby boy was be who you came to be, love will guide you. And so you know, I, I thought so much about that letter obviously mm-hmm. as a mother. And then the more I change as I, you know, was trying to balance career and motherhood, um, I, I thought so much about that letter for myself of being who we came to be. And I think that, you know, this there's this this hot topic in the business world right now of mm-hmm. burnout. And I think a lot of it is mm-hmm. this post pandemic world that we're living in, the change of pace, the differences. I mean, we've been through so much over the past three years. And I think that, you know, some major life event like a pandemic, or for me, it was, you know, the mm-hmm. birth of a child. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes we can move into what people will be talking about as burnout. But I think a lot of it is that we are just not aligned with our authentic selves and who we came to be. And maybe mm-hmm. that doesn't mean a career change, or maybe that doesn't mean, you know, quitting your job and, and starting something totally new, mm-hmm. but it does mean getting aligned with who did you come to be and how is your work aligning you with your authentic self. And I think there's been a huge disconnect between our work and our authentic self. And we're seeing this younger generation of you know, workers, uh, human capital come into the, the job market. And this is what they're doing is they're saying, hey, I want to align my mm-hmm. passions and purpose. I want to align my work with my authentic self ultimately mm-hmm. to be who they came to be. But I think that, you know, one of the things I was just talking with a colleague over coffee this morning, we were talking about burnout and we were talking about, you know, aligning it with your authentic self. And I think that so many times we just forget that it's okay to change and it's okay to shift, Mm. shift what we're doing or, you know, switch roles within an organization or take on something new or pick up a new hobby. Um, It's like, we think that we should have it figured out when that's never how life works. Like no matter what age you're at. You're never mm-hmm. going to have it figured out. And I always say, like, yeah. once you get it figured out, you're going <laughs> to have to figure it out again. Um, but I think that's also, like, a beautiful thing, you know, to to be like, hey, you're never going to reach this pivotal moment in life and mm. coast to the end. Yeah, There's always a chance for an up-level and for you to change. And um, sometimes I think when we're not – when we're not t- tapped into our emotional intelligence, especially that of self awareness, that's when we go into ultimate burnout mode, where we just mm-hmm. feel like we have to quit, we have to stop. I mean, for some people, it becomes a very physical uh, reaction to the stress of of the burnout, um, and can have a lot of you know really bad repercussions if you are not dialed into one your authentic self. To mm-hmm. your self-awareness, and then really giving yourself the permission to grow change and evolve and be who you came to be,
1: you know i'm yeah. I'm curious. So I'm personally am going through an interesting journey myself right now, having uh, worked for you know a large corporation for eleven years and not realizing that I was burnt out until. After the fact, I, I let go, um, you know, let go of that holding on to that dream or whatever that was. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm burnt out when I was trying to heal myself. That's when I figured it out. How do you, how do you figure out you're burned out unless someone's telling you or there's a test to take or something like that?
0: hmm. Well, we've already mentioned self, uh, you know, mm-hmm. self awareness, which I think is the ultimate. The ultimate. It's really kind of like what I believe mm-hmm. is like the core of emotional intelligence, and that's understanding our emotions and how we feel, and not trying to mask or cover them up, but also choosing how we show up. So, if you can under, if you're self aware enough to be like, "Gosh, I've been really tired lately." This, you know, I love using this one filter for everything in your life. Like, is it fulfilling? If it's not fulfilling you know, maybe maybe you need to change. And sometimes work that was really fulfilling to us at one point in time is no longer fulfilling because we've changed. There's something different. We want more. Maybe we've done it so long, it becomes bore- boring. Um, it's no longer, you know, it's kind of like we've done this. I mean, I, I know that every time I've switched Gears in my in my professional life, it's because I was like, I don't really feel like there's anything left for me here. I'm ready to go on to to something new, and I and I had this notion of being who I came to be to give myself the permission to do that. And I think that so many times we just stick, we just um, you know keep our foot on the gas and think, oh, it'll get better, oh, it'll change, versus actually recognizing having enough self awareness to be like, hey, something isn't working here. I need to figure it out. And I think that you know, we've been, th- things are shifting. We we lived in such a hustle society for so long where everything was like hustle, right? Hustle, hustle, hustle. Um, you know, the dream is free, the hustle is sold separately.
1: Like there's all these, like, not, I actually not love not that like saying it. because it's
0: true. <laughs> like, you know, you have to be able to GSD to, 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 to oh, live but, your dreams uh-huh. and to get stuff done. But we have to be really smart about how we work and how we hustle and giving ourselves the ability to work and flow and to honor our creativity and our authenticity and when things work and I, so I do think we saw some of that shift um you know in the pandemic I think some we gained some really good equity is, like especially if you look at working women of yes. like hey we can come in and you know kick butt on the job and still pick our kids up from school every day like give us the freedom and flexibility to do that because when we don't feel like we have control, over specific things like that and then we feel like we're giving and taking or we're missing out on really important mm. things in our lives that's when burnout that's when those flames really just start igniting and if we're not self-aware enough to be like oh there's something here then uh, you know it can spiral out of control it's very, very fast. fast whether that be just from you know emotional issues um
1: depression,
0: mm-hmm. sleeping issues, people turn to alcohol, people turn to food, people turn to drugs. I mean, all those things, right? They, they're, they're trying yes. to mask or make up for something that's missing.
2: Yeah. And so you talk, I I love that you talk so much about authenticity and finding like who you like, what's meaningful to you. We'd love to hear a little bit about your personal journey. You know, as somebody who was a corporate professional, you ran sales teams, large sales teams, and, and then you went into this other route entirely. So what kind of flipped the switch for you? And like, when did you have that awakening that, Hey, I I think I want to do something more meaningful to myself or more authentic to myself? Mm
0: -hmm so it, it's been a ride, you know it has, and I think I, I'm so blessed that i that I had this letter, mm-hmm. this be who you came to be note when I was in my twenties, I was climbing the corporate ladder i was it worked for a super um Fast-paced, true sales organization. It was called CareerBuilder.com. We sold jobs mm-hmm. to to companies. It was you know back when the job boards were like having their heyday, and it was this new piece of technology yeah. where companies could attract and find the best of the best in human capital in a quicker, easier way than running sure. ads or headhunters or some of mm-hmm. that traditional stuff. So. We were flying all over the country. I mean, it was pretty. You know, it was a pretty sexy, fun job. It paid really well. Yeah. Um, I ended up running a couple sales offices for them. Went and started to do some of their sales training. I was running their training teams out of Chicago with their new hires, and then I had a baby.
1: Bit of a game <laughs> and changer. Knew that
0: a child could change you so much. You know, I mean, like no one, no one tells like women like just so you know. This child will change you. Um, I mean, I literally was like, oh, this baby's going to be great. We're going to get a nanny. I'm going to continue to work. I'll fly around. My husband was working. You know, he's a super successful guy as well. And he had a Mm 12-hour day. And here we had Mm -hmm. this nanny and things. It just, that's when there was this disruption. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times there is a disruption. There's like something that happens. Like, you know, if you look back and sometimes it's not even something big, but there's some sort of a disruption. And, um, I was like gosh I just don't know if this is for me anymore and I actually went back into the sell I left the leadership role and I said hey maybe I could just sell I love selling and then I don't have to worry about these teams I don't you know I didn't feel like I had this this all this responsibility and then I did that and then I was like yeah this isn't working either and then I got pregnant again funny how that happens and um I was having the second baby and I was like This is just not who I am anymore. And it literally was like, it felt like a crisis, like a midlife crisis. Here I had these two children that I loved with all my heart, these two little boys. You know, they were both under the age of two. And I was like, I just don't think this is who I am anymore. And that was a really hard thing of like, I am not the woman I thought I would be at age 32 because. I don't want to be a full-time stay-at-home mom. I know that is not for me because I love work, but I also don't want to go to work all day. And this, what I realized was this work was no longer fulfilling to me. Even though I loved it at one point in time, it wasn't a good fit for me anymore. So after trying, you know, I tried everything. I went back into sales. I ended up doing some consulting for them. They were super amazing companies, great flexibility for me. Um, and I ended up being like, you know, I just think I need a, a really big change. At that point in time, I started a home-based business, something I never thought I'd do. I mean, people thought I—I I, I mean, there. I know. I mean, I heard rumors like, "Is she postpartum? Is she okay? Like, is, is everything fine?" And you know, people because they question stuff like this, right? It was like, "Hey, she had seemed like she was climbing all the way to the top," but the truth was, I just wanted change. And I think that so many people are afraid to change, and that's when we just drive ourselves into massive burnout, which you know could have affected my marriage. It could have affected how I showed up to, to with in front of my kids. And so I did. I, I just said, hey, I want the best of both worlds. And so I started this, this job uh, with flexible entrepreneurship with this home-based business. And I did it for eight years. And I absolutely loved it. And I was able to you know, have a great salary and a flexible income and do something I loved. And then kind of the same thing happened. I got all the way to the top. And I was just like, there's something else out there for me. And I had, a, um, I had lost my father unexpectedly. And, um, I realized at that point in time, you know, he was in his sixties and I was like, gosh, life is really short. Like I'm 40. And if this happens to me, like I've only got 20 some years left, like what am I going to do with my life? Um, and it was just, it kept all going back to this, be who you came to be letter that was written to me and how it guided me and how I was using it to help others guide them to make decisions for their lives that maybe weren't easy, but were the right thing for them. And that whole notion of love will guide you. You know, if we let love guide us, it, it doesn't steer us wrong because true love, whether that be our work, our family, um, you know, our hobbies, our interests, our passions, our purpose, um, always moves us in the right direction. And that isn't the same direction all the time, it's the, it ebbs and flows. But um, it, it is really just this beautiful notion that we can change. And that no matter where we're at in life, like we're enough and we're on the right path. We don't get to like draw the map and then go, go on the journey. You know, you're, you're literally exploring every day.
2: Sure. No, that's, that's very valid. And we appreciate you sharing all of that with us. Um, so, in particular, I would say like what emotional intelligence traits or skills can individuals or leaders really work on to bolster authenticity and alleviate that burnout, right? Like you talked about self-awareness. What other emotional intelligence skills would you say a leader can uh, can tap into to help with burnout?
0: Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, one of the, the main things is balancing assertiveness and empathy. And a lot of times when we mm. look at EQ traits, you know, you can if you take an EQ, um, an assessment, th- they'll rank you okay. on all your different traits and mm-hmm. all that. But the thing is, is it's it's not really about how how high you score in each trait, but how are you balancing them? So you know, maybe you're really mm-hmm. assertive, but you're not empathetic, and that's not really going to work yeah, out hits. well for you. You know, you really mm-hmm. need to be a, a, an equal amount of assertive and empathetic, and I think that you know from a leadership standpoint these are the type of things that we really need to be dialed into and you know empathy being number one of like are you a good mm-hmm. listener are you in tune with what is going yeah. on in your with your teams with you know and really that human connection that we need and you know you go back to even the pandemic and it proved to us like we will never hide behind computer screens you know everyone's talking about ai and how it's going to revolutionize and change everything i believe it it's it can help you accelerate mm-hmm. who you came to be but at the heart of everything we do is human connection and that's what people want and so i think first and foremost that that empathy of are you listening are you understanding are you able you know are you you know self aware not only of of your emotions but other people's to be able to say like, hey, there's yeah. something going on there. Like something's changed. Something's different. And then just asking them like, hey, are you okay? Like let's talk about stuff. And, you know, I love the uh, – Simon Sinek gives a great uh, analogy when he talks about if someone's been late for a meeting. And they're, they're mm-hmm. consistently late. You know, rather than going in and be like, you've been late for the last three meetings and I'm going to have to put you on a performance plan. Do you not want to be here? You know, this like overly assertive, right? Instead of balancing this assertiveness would we'll be like, hey, you've been late and that's just not like you. You know, and I know that you don't, that you're not a late person, like, is something going on? Like, do you want to talk? Like, how do we, how can I help you, you know, maybe take some stuff off your plate to, to open up some time for this? Like, again, that is, you know, the, the perfect balance. But we also, I think, you know, it is important to be assertive too, because people want to know where they stand. And I think that sometimes with burnout, it's like, people don't know what direction to go in. So they're going a million directions and they don't, you know, they're spinning their wheels and they don't know what to do. And so I think, you know, being able to be assertive with expectations Mm -hmm. um, and then letting people, you know, find that autonomy within their work to deliver results, which is really what what we need to be focusing on is delivering results, not hustling and grinding for, you know, all hours of the night all the time. And technology has just heightened this this thing of burnout because we never turn turn off. off,
1: I mean, we know there's an element of clarity, I think, in terms of what you're talking about, uh, uh, about being assertive in terms of people's expectations, right? Like there needs to be clarity around that. But then also in terms of like looking at the the results or looking at the, the process in which people are doing things. And their behaviors around them—that's going to be critical in terms of the output. Like people could, people can crush. Uh, on output, like one deliverable. Uh, but if they have to sacrifice their life to get it done, it actually doesn't matter how good that output was. And, uh, you may have, you may have, they may have achieved something, uh, and you as a leader may have achieved something, uh, but it might be just a one trick pony at that point. And we're, cause you're looking for consistency and long-term longevity, uh, for these people for output in the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Well, and the hyperachiever, the people who are, you know, the hyperachievers within organizations, they're wired to produce, like they are wired to achieve. And so I think that, you know, one of the things for, for those types of people, and even for leaders of their hyperachievers, is getting them mindful and like elevating their self regard in any possible way they can. Because the other thing about hyperachievers is they oftentimes feel like they're not enough, like, (laughs) right, they go out, and they do all these amazing things, and then they're like, oh, wait, this isn't enough. I mean, I am a hyperachiever, and I fall into this all the time, and I've become very mm-hmm. mindful of how it can totally wear me down because I don't celebrate success. I'm on to the next thing, and it's constantly go, 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 go. So I do use, one, the filter, like, is this fulfilling? Do I do I love what I'm doing? And the answer for me is yes, I do love what I'm doing. So I, it's, it's easy to keep going. And I don't think anybody's ever gotten burned out when what they're doing is still very mm-hmm. fulfilling to them because it's aligned to their authentic self. But I think as far as like self-regard, how we feel about ourselves, how we take care of ourselves, you've got to invest in you. And whether that is something as simple as taking a 20-minute nap during the day, going on a walk with your dog, leaving the office at 5, turning your, you know, your phone off, investing in a class, taking a course, reading a book, all those things when we invest in ourselves, Everything else in our lives mm-hmm. get better. And so many times burnout is also because we feel like we're, we're working and we're doing stuff for other people all the time, that, that pleaser aspect, and then it just gets exhausting yeah. because no one's filling our cup. But you can't expect anyone mm-hmm. to fill your cup. Like Nobody cares about your success, happiness, fulfillment in life more than you. So you have to go do that. And that's really just having a high level of self-regard of like, hey, I deserve this. I earned this. I'm going to take this time off. I'm not going to be checking in on vacation. And... You know, after I leave the work, the office at five, like I'm with my kids or I'm dialed into my family and don't expect me to mm-hmm. return emails. I mean, there, we do have to have boundaries and expectations around what we do. That goes back to the assertiveness of not being able, you know, not being afraid to speak up. And again, you know, if you're delivering results, then you've earned the right to say that. Yeah,
1: I've heard this, I've heard this term uh, work-life integration a couple of times. I, I, I don't think that's a fair term. I think they're, do, they're doing, they're, there needs to be clear boundaries. Uh, and I mean, each person is different, teach their own. Uh, I like boundaries. Personally, it helps me. Um, going going back to when, I mean, think about your time as in corporate, as a leader, uh, and thinking about authenticity. Was there anything that you would have done differently? Or how did you show up as your authentic self in the corporate world?
0: You know, I think that, um, that's an interesting question. I've actually been thinking a lot about this lately, like the young Tara Rinsley leader, (laughs) you know, who was I? And, you know, I was so green. I was so new. I didn't know. I mean, there was a lot of, um, I mean, there was a lot of acting as if, honestly, you know, it was like,
2: just um, make it till you you make it.
0: Yeah. I had some great (laughs) accolades and I, you know, I had this natural, um, Mm -hmm. sense of leadership and really caring about people at the heart and also wanting to make work fun, Um, Mm -hmm. But I think back to like who I was as a leader, um, you know, what's interesting is I saw this, I saw this uh, like a a reel or a TikTok and it was this guy talking about higher doers, not thinkers. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
0: I, I really liked that. I was like, you know, the people who are just willing to go out and do it. They're willing to go out and try something and they're not, not—they're, you know, they're not afraid fail. to quote unquote fail. You know, and I remember my grandmother told me earlier on in my career, I had had some like colossal mess up. I don't even, I can't even remember what it was just to be honest with you, but she, here's what she told me. She said, it's only a mistake if it happens twice. The first time you just needed to learn yeah. that lesson. And so that mm. was just such a great thing of like, okay, I learned from it. You know, if it happens again, then it's going to be a mistake. But it did give me that permission as a young leader to like try things and do things and to believe in people beyond reason. I mean, I think that was one thing that was good and bad. I mean, I made some, I made some bad uh-huh. hires, and I think back on like making those bad. And yeah. everybody does, right? If you've been in leadership, you make some bad hires. Knowing what I know now, one that um, I'm a pleaser, so I like to okay. please people. So a lot of it was I would meet this person, I would just really like them, you know, and I was like, I want this to work out. I want you to be on the team. I think you'll be great. But if I would have known that they were a not a doer, then I would have probably never hired them because that was the, the trap that we got into was like, you know, I would make <clears> these hires of people who overthought everything. And in sales, you can't do that, right? Like the quota is ticking every month. Um So I think, you know, that kind of young leadership and and that authenticity of letting people come in and shine. And, you know, I had so many different types of people on my team. It wasn't like I hired the one person over and over. And that was really great because I knew that certain clients would like certain reps. And so we would assign accounts based on, oh my gosh, you know, this Brett would be perfect for this subset mm-hmm. of accounts. Like they will love him. Um, and then as far as me, you know, just kind of the way I showed up, I'm in my n- next book, um, it's called Perfectly Flawed, which is, it's kind of a, a mashup of a memoir and mindset. So the, like each chapter, like there's a section called, it's not about you. And that's, that's the mindset or that's the, ma- the memoir part where I'm talking about me. And then it's not about me is really about this mindset. And one of the chapters is called The Fisherman's Daughter. And I was raised by totally alpha masculine men, but I was the first girl in four generations. So they were so excited to have a female. So I was always celebrated very female, but they were also super inclusive. So I remember my dad being like, take your dolls, we're going fishing. And I literally would like bring my dolls and sit on the side of the bank at the pond and fish. And I mean, I was... I was a mix of like a princess and a total gnarly little girl because I would wear my brother's clothes, but I loved, you know, dolls and crowns and all this stuff. And so what was interesting about that is I developed this really, I feel like, unique sense of authenticity as a girl growing up, afraid to be unapologetically feminine mm. as well. Like I, mm. you know, even to this day, my sons will be like, did you really put makeup on? And I'm like, yes, of course I put makeup on, you know, like I love <laughs> yeah. wearing makeup. I'm not going to apologize for wearing makeup to your baseball game. <laughs> yeah. um, and I could just, you know, I just stand in my feminine power. But I also, because I was raised by these men who treated me so well, I was never mm-hmm. afraid to sit at the table with men in That's business. And so because I was unapologetically feminine, feminine but confident around these men, even if I didn't know what I was doing, I was like, I, I was one of the boys my whole life. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's a it's been a really interesting dynamic. And it made me start thinking like, gosh, if we could start raising young girls mm. like that um, mm. versus making them sometimes fearful or feel like they're not going to be enough or watch out or whatever, you know, that yeah. was never told to me. It was like, you know i mean i did wreck the go-kart once and there were some other <laughs> crazy things that happened as a child of you know living with all boys and just so you know i have all boys now yeah. so it's a really interesting oh dynamic <laughs> yeah. of my life but most a, a lot of the <laughs> events that i do speaking events are for women so it's interesting yeah.
2: no that is cool
1: Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We hope you're enjoying the episode so far. If you want to stay updated on all the latest content and behind the scenes action, be sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and several other places by using the link in the show notes. And if it's not too much trouble, we'd love for you to leave a review and share this episode with some of your friends. Your support means everything to us, and we can't wait to connect with you online. Now, let's get back to the show
2: one of the other things i wanted to talk to you about today with the opportunity is you bring up this concept of self-assess and to self-actualize right and I, i love i love that because of the intentional nature of it i think it's really impactful i wanted you to kind of describe that a little bit further and like how someone could practically implement uh this concept into their own life today right and and hopefully take themselves from a state of burnout to something more meaningful to themselves or more authentic to themselves.
0: So I call this using a clear mirror to self-assess. And I think, you know, if you're listening and you're in the business world, right, they teach you about Mm SWOT analysis and all this kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. which is super valid. We got to know what, you know, the environment is, what's going on with the competition, you know, what the state of business is. But ultimately, the only thing we can ever impact or change is ourselves. And so Mm. I love this concept of a clear mirror to self-assess because when you're looking in a mirror, all you can see is you right? No. All you can see is you. And, um, and that's all you really focus on, you know, there's other stuff in the background, but ultimately, we're hyper focused on us. And so um, uh, just a kind of a story on how it all works. And it's just kind of show you how it works is my son, if you have kids, I'm sure you've done the sports circuit, and like, they've played all the <laughs> mm-hmm. sports. And, you know, I, I was noticing, like, in second, you know, when they were little, like, they'd all run off the field, and they would say, How did I do? And the parents would mm. say what?
1: Oh, you did great. You're the best. Y'all amazing. Oh, you were awesome, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome.
0: Like, even if they were, like, the worst (laughs) basketball player, like, you were like, there is no way this is your sport, you know? Like, you cannot dribble, you cannot pass, you travel every play, (laughs) and you you shot, like, 25 air balls. Um, so, and I was like, gosh, why are we, why do we do this to our kids? Like we should really give them the, the self-awareness and self-confidence at this young age to know like what they're good at. So I flipped the switch. and I was like, I'm going to start using this clear mirror to self-assess, which is something I did in the corporate world with my, with my reps all the time. I was like, Hey, mm. we're going to have a meeting. You, use a clear mirror to self-assess. And when you come in, you're going to lead the conversation and tell me what's going on, what's good, what's working, what's not working, what you like, what you don't like. And so I'd ask Ben, I was like, so he would say, I, how did I do? And I'd say, well, how do you think you did? That's all I would say. How do you think you did? I would smile. Now he would usually first off be like, I was awesome. (laughs) I I would try to celebrate something, you know, like, oh, that pop fly that you caught in the the bottom of the fifth. That was so cool. Did it feel great? You know, really get him to celebrate some Mm -hmm. really great things. But then I would turn that clear mirror back around and be like, but let's talk about the batter's box in the second inning. I mean, you struck out like what was going on. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting because um, he first would always try to blame Mm -hmm. someone else, right? Oh, the pitcher didn't know where the strike zone was. I'd be like, Hey, you can't control the pitcher. Like, welcome to baseball. Like you have no idea Mm -hmm. what he's going to throw a curveball, a fastball. He might Mm -hmm. hit you with the ball. And he was like, yeah, I know. I was so geeked out. And then he'd almost try to blame again. That umpire didn't know where the strike zone was. And I'd turn that clear mirror around and be like, Ben, I'm talking about you. Like this is baseball and they're they're going to miss calls. Like, and welcome to life. Like they're not going to get every call. Right. And I started teaching him how to do this clear mirror to self-assess. One, does he even mm. like this sport? Does he even like mm. baseball? Two, if he could start self-actualizing like where he could get better at, he could become a better player. And so it was really interesting. We just like mm-hmm. my husband and I committed to using this this clear mirror to self-assess on every sport, on every, you know, like the artwork that would come home, be like, is this your best work? You know, because I got caught throwing out some artwork one time by my kid and he thought I was like the worst mother (laughs) in the world. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I didn't. You just threw it on the counter. I didn't know it was. And so then we started doing that. Is this your best work? What do you like about this? You know, and getting him to like, they know, like kids really know. And so it was really interesting just to see how that played out with Ben in baseball. He started to get really good. He started to ask for lessons. He actually realized one of the sports that he was playing, he didn't Mm -hmm, even really mm -hmm. like. Um, Mm. that transcended into his academics now that he's in high school. Um, I really need him to work on it for his driving because he's 16 and he's not a very good job self-assessing how good of a driver he is. Um, it's frightening.
2: Um, but
0: you know, and we can do this as adults, like if kids can learn how to do it, but you do have to use a clear mirror. There is no room for blame. There is no Mm. room for anyone else. Like, you know, it's like people now, I know this is some people might not like this, but you know, people are complaining about, "Oh, I have to go back into the office a couple of days a week." I'm like, "Well, you don't mm-hmm. own the company." Like,
2: yeah.
0: I mean, if you if you don't want to go in, go find a job where you don't have to go in. But don't bitch about going back in. You yeah. don't own the company. So yeah. again, what is in your control? What is in that clear mirror that you can actually fix? And I think it starts with, you know, first off, what are you doing really well? Like, what do you love? What fulfills you? Um, what are you good at? What are your opportunities for improvement? You know, for Ben, back to the baseball thing, it was, "Hey, could I get some pitching lessons?" Maybe you're like, "I actually have this skill that's pretty good, but if mm-hmm. I invested in it, I could get really mm-hmm. good at it." Um, mm-hmm. That's going, you know, to your manager and saying, "Like, hey, I'm really interested in X, Y, and Z. Maybe it's a position, maybe it's a promotion, maybe it's a lateral move, maybe it's a committee. Like, let's talk about what I need to do to get there." Um, so investing mm-hmm. in yourself through those opportunities. Um, I think, you know, realizing things that you're not good at that you just need to either delegate or say no to, you know, what Mm -hmm. are those things? Um, And then, you know, just again, being honest with where do you want to take it and what do you want to do? So if you can create this like great little inventory of your strengths, your opportunities, things that you're not good at, things that you need to say no to, and then where you want to move the needle, it could really... Open up this idea of like what you could mm. actually do, um, and what you would be good at, and where you need to work. Because that's the other thing. Like a lot of times, you are going to have to work. Like God forbid, you no, know, God, we re- right? yeah. God forbid. I know, God forbid. Got to show up. You are going to have to put some work <laughs> yeah. in. Might take some you know, time.
2: I'm yeah, no, but I, I really like that. I like that the, the idea of just the yeah. self assessment and being okay with saying, "Hey, maybe I'm not good at something, right? Or maybe it's just not a natural skill set fit for me." Uh, and accepting that reality, but then looking at yourself and saying, "But I am actually really good at this, so I'm going to mm-hmm. chase after this this set of skills." So that's that's they're, really powerful. they're
1: always for me. I would say my career really took off. Uh, one of the reasons is when I started just letting go or learning the things that I wasn't good at and actually letting them go. That was number one. Um, Mm -hmm. And then just focusing on the things that I was really good at, which I enjoy doing. So uh, there's that, that, that combination. And then I actually, for me personally, I have this, this middle ground where I'm like, I really suck at this, but I enjoy doing it. So I'm just going to do it badly. And I, I really, I have no problem with (laughs) that. I really enjoy it. I mean, I think it shows my son, (laughs) uh you know uh, just grit sometimes both my sons grit uh, and things like that um i'm actually just curious you uh for both of your sons uh are they do you do you have to do the clear mirror to assess differently for them i know the process is the same but is it different in terms of the outcomes for them
0: well, they're, uh-huh. very uh-huh. they're very different. They're very different humans. You know, like if you walked into your room, their rooms, you'd be like, "Wow, two. These are two very different children." Because I have the one, ch- the oldest child's very organized. Yeah. You know his room's very tidy. The youngest one is the creative <laughs> one. His, his his room looks a lot like my desk. Yeah. Okay, and we joke because the oldest one and I look a lot alike, and the youngest one looks yeah. like Scott, but they're opposite. Like Ben is Scott. Like they run their lives like. And Jack and I are the creative ones, right? Like we're the life of the party. <laughs> yeah. We got all the ideas. Yeah. Um. So I do. You know, it is. It's just different. But the 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 thing about the clear mirror is it works on. Everyone, because everybody mm. really does know. And, you know, sometimes they're like, I don't know. And I'll be like, you know, mm. c- let's talk about it when you know. I don't know. You know. And sometimes people will yeah. be like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, in your heart of hearts, you know, you just haven't accepted what your heart of hearts wants to do. And I always mm. believe that, of like, you, you, you know, you just haven't given yourself mm. permission to say, I could do that. I want to do that. And you know, I in my uh, workshops and in my keynotes I call these things butterfly goals mm-hmm. where it's like mm-hmm. right now you're just a caterpillar and I don't think we set enough we 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 get people to set goals all the time but they're so yeah. transactional. They're just like I'm mm-hmm. going to set these goals and they're very transactional. They're not this transformational goal. So, um for me, you know, um I had this my butterfly goal forever was to be on a game show. And I grew up in this little small town in Kansas, and literally, I was my whole life I was going to get on a game show, and I never did. And finally, I was like, I'm going to get on a damn game show! Like this is this butterfly goal I've already had. So I started working (laughs) at it. I started applying, and you guys, I actually did get on a game show um, because (laughs) I I decided to go (laughs) for it. Yeah, it was hundred thousand dollar pyramid season three episode three, and I, after uh, (laughs) making a complete idiot out of myself by saying that uh, one of the astronauts was Lance Armstrong (laughs) instead of Neil. (laughs) Yes, and Michael Strahan. <laughs> yes, and Michael Strahan said, "Did you think he was going to ride his bike to the moon?" And I was like, "Oh God!" I mean, it was it was a terrible on that national on TV amazing. moment. And then we'll make sure
2: we link we to that. Uh, we link to this clip in the, yes, in the show yes. notes for sure.
0: And <laughs> you know what though, I I I was emotionally intelligent enough after that major blunder because there was a break after that because I was playing for the fifty thousand that I was like, yeah. you know, that authentic self regard. I was like, they hired you because are they? You know, they hired you. They cast you because they liked you. Yeah. You messed up. You're mm-hmm. only human. Yeah. Go play the game. Have some fun. And then I got back yeah. in the winner's circle and ended up winning. Get
1: up out. So get out of yes, here. Yes, yes, I know. That's Wild, awesome. but
0: again, it was that butterfly goal of like nobody cares mm-hmm. about this goal. No one's calling me to cast me on yeah. this game show. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go do it, and it took a really long time to actually get cast and get on. Um, but I always tell people like if I can get cast on a game show, anything, you could pretty much yeah. do anything. Like I live in Kansas and you know, yeah. so I always share I always get people to share these wild butterfly goals that they have because I think this also helps eliminate burnout when we have this like bigger thing we're working for. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is on the sidelines, maybe it's your side hustle, maybe it's something you're doing in the evenings or on the weekends. But you know, I always say, like now, like really I would love to be on like QVC okay. or something like that. <laughs> Really awesome. um, but, I mean, there's awesome. these wild goals but you never oh, know yeah. like you gotta put things out there and yeah, I'm like yeah. you never know everything I do right now is somehow like getting me sure. closer to that goal but it's it's interesting if you actually ask people like what their butterfly goal is like you're a caterpillar right now you look nothing like this like what would it be people mm-hmm. they do have them they know exactly what they are and it's it's wild yeah. what some of people's aspirations and dreams are uh, and it's some of them that are just absolutely beautiful and amazing. And some of them, it's as simple yeah. as like, I want to go get certified in okay. yoga, or, mm-hmm. you know, I want to take a cooking class and start making dinners every night for my family. So, Samir uh, and
2: I have, yeah, so. uh, well, I, I completely I was just agree. was going to say,
1: sorry. Samir and I have this uh, hag list of people that we want to interview, like the big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah. And, oh, good. Oh, yes. t- t- <laughs> yeah. Tara <laughs> yeah. Renzi thinks on the top there, you know, check. I don't know. Check that <laughs> box. Now, next, yes. on to the next list.
2: <laughs> I'd probably say, yeah, we we talk I think Brene Brown, Brown would yeah. be probably the yeah. top of yes. the list. I love to do Simon Cynic, <laughs> of course. But uh, uh one Yeah, yeah he'd Simon be great. Sinek.
0: Mine is Sarah yeah. Blakely, who started Spanx. Oh. I think she is so yeah. badass. Yes. I love Throw her. on the list. And her yeah, husband Jesse, is I'm, really cool too. Do you have him on your now.
2: list? He is now. No. <we> should, <laughs> yes. He is now. Yeah, we should throw him on yes. there. But yeah, the whole yeah, I've I've done some research on Spanx and just how that all started. That was she's amazing. But She
0: is. She's awesome. We
2: yeah. But I, I really agree with you on the, just having some of those butterfly holes, like how it can alleviate stress from work. Cause it puts things in perspective for you. And like, if I'm really stressed out at work and, and I take some time to just sit, sit and think about like, hmm, how cool would it be to have Brene Brown on the podcast one day? You know, it's just, it gives you that little bit of distraction and, it gives you a sense of purpose that's greater than maybe the struggles that you're having at work that day. So I think it's a really powerful thing and something that, you know, I think our listeners are going to do after listening to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, So I
0: call it a butterfly goal in my keynotes. um, And then I have a podcast with a friend and we call it the big ask a S K, the big ask. And it's all about because we really believe that women don't get what they want because they don't ask for it. Like there's this yeah. really interesting study that if a man meets like if there's 10 job requirements and he he meets half of them, he'll apply yes. for the job. Yeah. But a woman will not unless she meets it's nine crazy. out of 10. And I just think mm-hmm. it's really interesting because they're afraid to ask. We're just afraid right. to ask. And it's like, yeah, no ask is too big. Like, you know, we have all these like put your big ask out there. And it's just really interesting. Yeah people like to say yes. People like to help other people. And Mm -hmm. you'll never know unless Mm -hmm. you ask for it. So,
2: 100% agree. So Tara, uh, we are so appreciative of you being on the podcast today. One question that we love to ask all of our guests at the end of the conclusion of the podcast is, if you could start at the beginning of your career all over again, which EQ skill, which emotional intelligence skill would you say has helped you the most in achieving your goals or as a leader?
0: I think, it, I, I mean, I always use self-awareness, but I really have to go back, you know, to, I would say self-awareness, just really, again, giving myself permission to know who I am, who is Tara mm-hmm. Renzi at the heart of who I am as a person and yeah. um, honoring my authenticity. And saying, Mm -hmm. you know, giving myself that permission to change, which the first time I did it was so hard. I mean, I felt like there was something fundamentally Mm -hmm. wrong with me. And, you know, I think so that, um, but then also I think if you talk to people that know me, I think they would say, you know, Tara has a really high sense of empathy. um, And that Mm -hmm. she likes to make sure other people are okay, but she also loves to celebrate people and shine light on them, which I think is a a, a wonderful form of empathy and and showing people that they matter and that they're enough. And so I think those two things combined of, you know, the the self-awareness, but then also just the empathy for other people's aspirations and goals and um, making them feel loved has been two of the things that, um, you know, I – I feel like have helped me a lot. And then obviously that note that my grandmother left, I know she wrote it for my son, but I really do believe that she wrote that for me. And I believe Mm -hmm. she wrote it for me to share with people because I think we get up into our adult lives and we are afraid to change. And I'm always like, it's be who you came to be, not be who you were 10 years ago or be who you Mm -hmm. have been for the last five years. I mean, that's this beautiful thing about life is that we get to grow and change and evolve. And if you really think about it like that, it makes this permission to change and to be like, Oh wow, I'm not who I was. I'm a better version Mm -hmm. of myself. That's pretty, that's a pretty powerful thing to think about. It's like, I'm ready for something new. I've earned this. And, you know, I think a lot of times it goes back to that whole, you know, with this whole burnout conversation of like, a lot of times when we start to feel burned out or uncomfortable, it's just because we're ready for a le- up level, or we need something to mm-hmm. change, or we need a new challenge. That's um, yeah, so. Tara,
1: thank you so much awesome. uh, for sharing your insights uh, and your personal stories. I know that's not always easy to do, but I think there's a lot, you have a lot of nuggets yeah. to share and uh, you're more than welcome to come back anytime. Uh, we'd love to oh, yes, I love I, I, I really uh you know, we'll share we'll share our list with you uh when, when you're on next. We'll be like, hey, here's who we've checked off. Um and we're, we're really appreciative. <laughs>
0: yes, you're yes, a butterfly yeah, goal. Yes. You yeah, have to let me know. Yeah.
1: And um Tara, we will share we will link to and share all of your materials. Uh we won't forget the we'll find the link to the show somehow. We will. <laughs>
0: It's on yeah, Amazon Prime Video. Yeah. Although <laughs> right. it sometimes airs. I got a I got a message the other day that was someone's like text me an old a teacher that my son used to have. She's like, "Were <laughs> yes. you on $100,000 pyramid?" I'm like, "Oh, are you watching the Game Show Network?" And she was like, "Yes." Oh <laughs> my gosh, it's so funny. <laughs> hey, I awesome. do want to tell your listeners if you yes. go to my website terarenzi.com, one of the first things that'll happen is you'll get a little pop-up that says free uh, emotional intelligent assessment. Um, and it's a it's free it's complimentary and it's actually uh, with positive intelligence which is all these self-sabotaging beliefs that we have and it helps you uncover them so it's a quick assessment it doesn't take long and the results they come right to you I don't I don't ever get them Beautiful. or see them and but I think you'll really like it and I think if you can start understanding it when I kept talking about uh-huh. being a hyperachiever a pleaser like once you understand these things that are in your head and that you get to choose how you show up and be like, oh, hey, I know that you're there, but we're not going to, you know, I'm not going to let you bring me down today. Um, it just changes how we show up. And I think it also really helps you heighten Fantastic. yourself. Fantastic. So.
1: I mean, yeah. Love if it. I haven't yeah. already, which I don't think I have, I will uh, I think I'll take that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay. yes, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure having you on.
0: Oh, I love being on and I'll look forward yes, to coming back absolutely.
1: soon. Cheers. Cheers. Mm-hmm.
2: Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Emotional Intelligence Podcast. We hope you found it informative and enjoyable. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review on your favorite platform. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more people. If you're interested in learning more about the topics we discussed today, be sure to check out the show notes for links and resources. You can find them by visiting our website. And if you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us by email at info at or connect with us on social media by using the links in the show notes.